Last week, let me, let me give you a quick rundown. Last week, we talked about the mighty God. We talked about the God of the Old Testament, the characteristics of God as him being one God. God is a spirit. Remember that. And then we talked about the omnipotence of God and the omnipresence of God and the omniscience of God. All of these things, and I hope that you got a handout. If you did not get a handout from last week, we could probably get you those notes if you were not here. But this is a very important study. It is, uh, it is important because it is revelatory, and it's what we need to understand about who God is. It's actually what we're talking about uh, last Wednesday and this Wednesday is who God is. Amen. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I want to know God, and I want to know him on a very personal basis. Is anybody here with me tonight? Praise God. So tonight you have in your hand, and we're going, to be, we're going to be talking tonight about the mighty God. Last Wednesday was the mighty God. This Wednesday is the mighty God in Christ. So let me just read one scripture. It's found in Colossians. Everything is on your notes, and I'll tell you where to, what to put in those blanks that's on your notes so that you can follow along. The Bible said in Colossians 2.9, for in him, talking about Jesus Christ, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So we're, we're, we're in line tonight when we say that, you know, we used to sing a song. Some of you old timers will remember this. It's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in him. So we, we believe that. So let me, let me help you. The first blank that you have is very simple. It just says this, Jesus is God. That's a very simple statement. Jesus is God. He's not another God. He is God. I'm going to prove that to you by the word of the Lord tonight. And I want you to, I want you to stay with me. If you have questions, please jot them down. And at the end of our lesson tonight, we will try to take questions and give answers the best that we can. The second thing I want to say is that almost every question concerning the Godhead in the New Testament can be answered with two words, and they are this. They are two blanks on your sheet of paper. Spirit, everybody say spirit, and flesh. So... And, and you will understand as I, as I move forward tonight why those two words can, can answer most questions about Jesus being God in the New Testament. The Old Testament declares that Jesus is, and here's another blank, God. The Old Testament declares that. If you go to Isaiah, the old silver-tongued prophet, he said in Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us, this is a prophecy, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Listen here. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That's who Jesus is. Isaiah said that way back in the Old Testament. And, and, he, and he prophesied again in Isaiah seven fourteen, and this is what he said. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, that was a prophecy by the Old Testament prophet. But notice in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 22, now all this was done, the Bible said, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet Isaiah, saying this, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God, everybody say this with me, God with us. Jesus is God with us. That's what the Bible said in Matthew. Emmanuel being interpreted means God with us. And in Re let, me, let me go back to Isaiah in chapter 11 and verse 1. The Bible said, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. 
You skip down to verse 10 of that same chapter, and it said, In that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an enzyme of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. Revelation twenty-two sixteen. I'm not going to read every scripture tonight, but these are very vital. He said, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the church. He went back and referred to Isaiah's prophecy. He said, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So the root that Isaiah was talking about, Jesus said, I am the root. I I am the offspring of David. So in Isaiah 35 and 4, the Bible said, Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes, watch what he said here. Isaiah said, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Now, if you go right from there to Luke chapter 7 and verse 22, the Bible said, Jesus answering said to them, go your way and tell John. John the Baptist was inquiring about Jesus. He was saying, is this the Messiah? Is this who we're supposed to be looking for? And Jesus said, you go tell John. Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. It is the fulfillment of Isaiah 35. So we're not talking about another God. We are talking about Jesus as being God. Here's one more and I'll move on. Isaiah chapter 40, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Isaiah prophesied about that and, and, and knew that John the Baptist was coming. And in Matthew 3 and 3, here it is. For this is he, this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So by these scriptures, we can very easily, and there's many more to come, we can very easily establish that the God of the Old Testament, the mighty God, became the mighty God in Christ. In Christ. Now, the New Testament also declares that Jesus is God. I've, I've proved to you by scripture that the, and there's, folks, I can't give you all the scriptures or all the deepness of what is really there. But I can tell you that the Old Testament over and over and over again proves through prophecies that Jesus was the Messiah. He was God in flesh. The New Testament declares that Jesus is God. Thomas confessed Jesus as both Lord and God. In verse 28 of John 20, the Bible said, Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. The church, the Bible said, was purged, and here's your next blank, with God's own blood. Everybody say God's own blood. It didn't use the word Jesus there. It said, let me show you what it said in Acts 20 and 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. The blood of Jesus Christ was the blood of God. That's why it's so powerful. That's why it can, I can preach right here. That's why it will cleanse you of all your sins. It wasn't just blood. It was the blood of Jesus and the blood of the Almighty God. Paul described Jesus this way in Titus 2.13. He said, the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Peter described him and said, God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. One place said, our bodies are the temple of God, yet we know that he dwells in our hearts. Read it for yourself, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit 
of God dwelleth in you. But Ephesians 3, Paul said, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. You see where I'm going here? God and Jesus are not two separate. They are one and the same. Jesus Christ is the fleshly manifestation of the Spirit of God. We learned last week, John 1.18 said, that no man hath seen God at any time. We learn that he is the invisible spirit. God is all present everywhere, knows everything, has all power. But he robed himself in flesh. And Jesus was declared God all through the New Testament. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19 said, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And the scripture that we read to open, for in him, Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. God, here's your next blank. God was manifest. Everybody say God was manifest. You know what that means? That means he revealed himself. God revealed himself in the flesh. The scripture is there for your reading in 1 Timothy 3.16. Paul said, it is without controversy that great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached. Who was preaching to the Gentiles? Can I ask you that question right now? Who did Paul preach to the Gentiles? Everybody say Jesus. That's why he said he was preaching to the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world and received up into glory. We're still talking about Jesus being God in the New Testament. Okay? John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 of that chapter said, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm, I'm not going to read the rest of these scriptures because there's, I'm going to skip down to, to E in your outline, and it says this, Jesus is the image, there's your word, image of the invisible God. How do I know that? Because Paul said in Colossians 1.15, who is the image, talking about Jesus, of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So we understand that when the Lord said, let us make man in our image, he wasn't talking to another God. He wasn't talking to an angel. He was talking into the future. And he made Adam the first Adam, and Jesus Christ in the Scripture is called the second Adam, okay? So it's all one. Now, Elf on your sheet of paper says this, Jesus is God veiled in flesh, okay? There, there's a scripture, Hebrews 10, 20. The next one said in G, Jesus taught us, that God was manifest in the flesh in chapter 1. He came into his own, the Bible says. He was in the world. The world was made by him. The world was made by, by who? By Jesus. Oh, wait a minute now. Was, here's a question for you. Let's stop here and just think a minute. The Bible said in John chapter 1, watch this, verse 10, he was in the world, Jesus was, and the world was made by him. I got a question. Was Jesus Christ in the flesh in the beginning of the world? Did the flesh of Jesus Christ make the world? If, if, if so, who was his mother? Okay. Let that sink in. Because this, this is important that we understand this. If he was in the beginning, who was his mother? 
it's, 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 it correlates with the same kind of scripture found in the book of Revelation. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit because the Bible said that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. We know he wasn't crucified before creation. We know that. So as God, he made and created the world, okay? God taught us that God, Jesus, excuse me, John taught us that God was manifest in the flesh in the first chapter of his writing. And in Matthew one twenty three, it talks about, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. So the Old Testament says that Jesus is God. And the New Testament says that Jesus is God. Well, guess what? The Bible also says that Jesus is the Father. Now, we've been accused of believing that Jesus was his own grandpa and all kind of stuff. But that's not what we believe. Here, let me give you some scriptures real quick because this is important. Jesus is our heavenly Father. Do you believe that? Anybody believe that? So here's what you got to believe. Matthew 2.10, excuse me, Malachi 2.10 said, Have we not all one Father, hath not one God created us? Malachi said we've got one Father and one God created us. Isaiah said, and I read it to you all ago, he is the everlasting Father, prophesying of Jesus Christ. Now, some people believe that there is, now, I want you to stay with me tonight. I, and please, I'm, I don't want to come across as, as being a smart aleck or I, I don't want you to understand. But you gotta, I got to say some things so you'll understand it. Some people believe there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Let me challenge you. Go find anywhere in the Bible where it's called Jesus is called God the Son. It's not there. You will never find it written in the Scripture, God the Holy Ghost. It's not there. Now, either if you believe that, you have to believe there's three separate and distinct persons that make up the Godhead, which is taught in many circles, three separate and distinct persons if God is a person, you could see him. If God is a person, Mary was not a virgin. If God, now you say, well, we don't believe that. We believe that, you, I'll take the calculator, okay? It's either one plus one plus one, or it's one-third God plus one-third God plus one-third God to make one full God. They are not co-equal. They are not co-eternal. You can't find that in the Scripture. The Father was, was eternal or is eternal. The Son is begotten. That means, and we discussed this last week for a moment, that means that he had a beginning. But Jesus, when he was born into this world, had a spirit as his father, and his mother was flesh. So if my daddy was an Irishman, and my I'm just using this, and my mother was an Indian. When I was born, I'd be Irish and Indian. Do you understand? Is that, is that pretty plain? Because Jesus was born, his father was a spirit, but his mother was a human being. So he was, watch me, both God and man. As God, he broke bread. For 5,000. As God, he walked on water. As God, he raised Lazarus from the dead. As God. But there was also another sign to him. The Bible said the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man had not a place to lay his head. He got sleepy. He got tired. He got hungry. He got thirsty. I can show you where he hung on the cross and said, I thirst. So he was human, yet he was God. He is the only one that's ever walked on the face of the earth that was 100% God and 100% man. Are you with me? Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So Jesus said this to the Pharisees in John chapter 8. Watch this. They said unto him, where is thy father? 
And Jesus said to them, he answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, you should have known my father also. Verse 24 of that same chapter says this, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. In other words, if you, if you want to know who the father is, look at me. The Jews then questioned him in verse 25, and he said this, Who art thou? They, they said unto them, him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. John stu Jesus stood, and in John 10 and verse 30, he said this, I and my Father are one. Now look, GE cloned me. I have people all the time say, my Lord, you look so much like your daddy. Well, but I and my Father are not one. I may look like him, sometimes I may act like him, but I'm not one with my father. But Jesus was one with his father because he said, I am in the father and the father is in me. You know why he could say that? He said, I am in the spirit and the spirit is in me. Watch, watch this. This is awesome stuff right here. John 14, Jesus again said, If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip, oh Philip, he said to the Lord, Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Je Jesus just, we're confused here. Show us the Father, and, and we'll be happy. Can I just put it in our own language? It, it, it'll, it'll satisfy us if you'll just tell us who the Father is. And Jesus said unto him, verse 9, John 14, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Here's old Philip. He said, Lord, you got us all messed up. Would you just bring your Father and let us see who he is? He said, Philip, have I been so long with you and you didn't know who I was? When you see the Father or when you see me, you've seen the Father. You know why? Because I'm in the Father and the Father's in me because the Father's not a person. The Father is a spirit. And it sink in. Then Jesus said to them in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I, I, notice that. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. In the NIV it means this. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I'm, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. And then in verse John 5, verse 43, he said, I am come in my Father's name. You have received me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. So Jesus is God of the Old Testament. Jesus is God of the New Testament. Here's where it says that Jesus is the Father. We also know that Jesus is the Son. Now, that, that won't be hard to establish. He is not the eternal Son. He is the only begotten Son. That's Scripture. Everybody say Amen. For God so, John 3, 16, probably anybody in this room can quote this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Say this with me. To be begotten, come on, say it with me. To be begotten, you have to have a beginning. Okay? He had a beginning at Bethlehem in a manger. He was born to a virgin. The son had a beginning. The father the spirit is eternal. Never a beginning, never an ending. The only way Jesus was ever eternal was as 
the Father. So we don't believe there are two persons or three persons in a Godhead. We believe there is one God. And there are three manifestations of that one God. He is Father in creation. He is Son in redemption. He is Holy Ghost in regeneration. In other words, he and I you, you know last week I gave you the old I gave you the old water, the H2O lesson. You remember that? Water, H2O. Boil it, it becomes steam. Freeze it, it becomes ice. But in no matter what manifestation it has, it's still H2O. Everybody got that? Remember this? Husband, father, son. Not my name. My name is Danny Chance. I am a husband and a good one, by the way. I am a father and one of the best, ask my kids. I'm bragging on me, aren't I? Forgive me for that. I'm just playing. Crystal put something on Facebook this, this day or so ago that any other dad probably would have gotten mad about, but she said, just remember, behind every bald-headed man, there's a spoiled daughter. So true. I'm a husband. I'm a father. But that's not my name. Jesus is not only the father. Jesus is the son. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to skip through a lot of scriptures here because I want, to get, I want to get to the crux of the matter, and we're already halfway done. Jesus had a, a dual nature. Everybody say a dual nature. That's the next blank, as a matter of fact, dual in, in number nine there. Jesus had a dual nature. I just explained it. He did many things as man. He did many things as God. He was 100% man and 100% God. Now, Number 10, Jesus in creation. I talked about this just a moment ago. The Bible said in Hebrews 1 and 2, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. He made the worlds. Uh, Colossians 1.13 said, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For Watch this. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And we know that Jesus in the flesh did not exist until Bethlehem's manger. So, so he was God in creation. Verse 17 said, and he is before all things and, be, and by him all things consist. We know See on your paper, we know that Jesus was in creation, but only as God. If he was in creation in fleshly form, why would there have to be a Bethlehem's manger and a virgin birth? Does that make sense? If he was already here, why do you want to, why do you want to come if you're already here? All right, number 11. So Jesus is a father. Everybody say Jesus is a father. Say Jesus is a son. Say Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Let me give you scriptures. First one, God is a spirit. There is only one spirit of God. I can prove that by the Bible. Ephesians 4 and 4 is one of my favorite. There's one body, one spirit, and that's with a capital S, by the way even as you're called in one hope of your calling. And then, it, then, then I could, we could say that God is holy. The Scriptures declare Him to be holy. If you compare Acts chapter 5, I'm going down to D. If you compare Acts chapter 5 verse 3 to Acts chapter 5 and verse 4, the Bible said, but Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Everybody say, lie to the Holy Ghost. Come on, you gotta, you got to perk up here. I'm up here struggling. I need some help. I'm really not struggling, but I need some help. He said, you lied to the Holy Ghost. 
to keep back part of the price. Well, notice what verse 4 said. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? That thou hast not lied unto men, but you lied to God. Did you lie to the Holy Ghost or did you lie to God? You lied to God because he is the Holy Ghost. There's only one spirit. The God, listen to this. This ought to make you jump up and dance in the middle aisle. The God that spoke the world into existence is the God that you get when you get the Holy Ghost. The God that said, let there be light is the God that lives inside of you when you come and be are baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire. There's not another God. There's not another person. There is a God that spirit exists today. It's in us. It's with us. It's around us. It's all over us. And that spirit is not another God. It is the God of the Old Testament that is the God of the New Testament. Ha! That's good stuff whether you believe it or not. You want to compare again? Watch this, 1 Corinthians 3.16 with 1 Corinthians 6.19. Know ye not that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit. Notice, notice when the Bible talks about Spirit with an S, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God dwelleth in you. But notice what 1 Corinthians 6.19 said. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the huh? Holy Ghost. Well, now, wait a minute, Paul. You just said our body is the temple of God. And now you're telling us our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Tim. Root me on up there. That, you're right. They're one and the same. That's why he could say that. Not another God, not another person. God, the Holy Ghost, all one. Jesus said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Amen. And, and, and of course, we know that Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I, I will come unto you. The comforter he called the Holy Ghost. And then he said, I won't leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. Well, well guess what? Now, we've been talking about God and the Holy Ghost. Well, look what Look what Colossians 1 and 27 said. Paul said it is, he didn't say it was God in you. He didn't say it was the Spirit in you. He didn't say it was the Holy Ghost in you. He said it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know what that tells me? Either this Bible is all messed up or God and the Holy Ghost and Jesus Christ is all one and the same. Now, the Lord is that spirit, is what Paul said. The Lord is that spirit. So, so Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Well, guess what? The Father is the Holy Ghost. How do I know that? Joel, we quote it all time around here. He said, he talked about the last days. He said that God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Well, guess what happened in the book of Acts when the Holy Ghost was poured out? The Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God because Peter stood up and said, this is what Joel said was going to happen, folks. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Paul said to the Ephesians in 4 and 6, One God, Father of all, above all, through all, where? In you all. My, 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 my. Y'all do know I like this, don't you? So here's, this is in your notes, and I want you to study this. If the Holy Ghost and the Father are separate. Jesus had two daddies. Because John 3.16 said God was the father of Jesus. But Luke 1.35 and Matthew 1.18-20 says the Holy Ghost is the father of Jesus. If they're two separate, Jesus had two daddies. But we know they're not. We know they are one and the same. Some, here's some questions about the Godhead. I, I don't have to read all this. 
you, you can study this when you get home. One of the, one of the things that, that is asked often is, who was God talking to in, in Genesis 126? Let us make man in our image. Well, I gave you a couple of scriptures here. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. He counseled, everybody say this, he counseled with his own will. Have you ever have you ever been by yourself and said, well, let's see. Do you know what let's means? L-E-T apostrophe S. You know what that means? Let us see. Let's see here. Who's with you? Nobody. But I'm counseling with my own will. That's what God did. He said, let's see. Let me tell you something else he did. In, in Romans 4, 17, the Bible said, he calleth those things which be not as though they were. I've already said it. Jesus was the second Adam. You go to the baptism of Jesus. I'll let you read through that because I want to get to something real quick. The baptism of Jesus is very, very easy to understand. Not three persons here, but three manifestations of God showed up at the baptism of Jesus. God is omnipresent. He's on the earth and in heaven at the same time. The voice and the dove were symbolic manifestations of the omnipresence of God. Jesus was baptized as a means of manifesting himself. He was really baptized as an example, okay? Now, here's, here's one that many ask about. D said, who did Jesus pray to? You know, on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, what I tell you in the very first, the very first sentence or two of this Bible study, almost every question of the Godhead can be answered with spirit and flesh. Here's why. Because one side of one part of Jesus was flesh, the other part of him was God. Here's what happened at Calvary. Let me just let me just give it to you in, in simple terms. Jesus Christ, who was the only begotten Son of God, came as a spotless lamb. In him there was no sin. There was no sin. He became the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world, okay? But when he went to Calvary, he was still flesh. The nails still hurt. The side still hurt. The thorn still hurt. It was Jesus hanging on the cross that his flesh said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, here's what happened. G Everybody say this with me. God can't die. So God, the spirit, had to leave the body before the body could die. So when the spirit left the body, Jesus' flesh knew that the spirit had left the body because he said, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? The flesh prayed to the spirit. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the flesh prayed to God the spirit. Does that make sense? So it's not one God praying to another God. It is the flesh part of God. Watch this. You ready? We talked last week. We know God's not a donkey but he spoke through a donkey. We know God's not a bush, but he spoke through a bush. We know God's not a cloud, but he was a cloud by day and a fire by night to Israel. And on and on and on it goes. But, but here's, here's what you've got to understand, that when you get over to the New Testament, it's no longer theophanies. It's a fleshly manifestation of God. And the only flesh of the Almighty God that has ever been upon the face of this earth is in the body of Jesus Christ. And here's what Paul said to the church at Philippi. He said, wherefore, God hath highly exalted him, Jesus Christ, and given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, why, why am I teaching this? Because in order 
to understand baptism. You have to understand the oneness of God. You have to understand that Jesus is the saving name of the New Testament church. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible said there is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. So here's, here's what, can I give you a little history? Everybody ready? Y'all still love me? Everybody mad at me yet? Good, good. Nobody said yes. Watch this. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. I dare you to go pick up, you, you, we don't have encyclopedias. I still got some, but nobody uses that anymore. Just go to Google. Just go to Google. Even Google tells the truth on this. Until the Roman Catholic Church instituted the doctrine of the Trinity, until they did that, it was monotheism. It slowly but surely through the ages became, in, it, 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 it became a part of the Roman Catholic Church. In 325 A.D. at the Council of Nicaea, they instituted the doctrine of the Trinity that says there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. These are co-equal, co-existent, co-eternal. Now, now, now we spend a lot of time right here. They're not co-equal because Jesus, if they are, Jesus lied because he said, my father is greater than I. So they're not co-equal. They're not coexistent because Jesus wasn't in the beginning. He was only there as God. They're not co-eternal because Jesus was begotten and, and the father is eternal. So all that don't add up. This is what I've been talking about the last two Wednesday nights. But watch this. Jesus said to his disciples, and Matthew, and this is where it all comes from. Jesus said to his disciples, and all of his disciples heard him well. Go ye therefore, Matthew 28, 19. Go circle it in your Bible. I'm not afraid of that scripture. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation, baptizing them in the name. Everybody say name. I want you to say it real loud. Name. Not names, name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Here's my question. What is the name of the Father? Oh, you want a scripture? John 5, 43. Jesus said, I've come in my Father's name. What is the name of the Son? It's not Son. Matthew 121 said, you're going to have a baby, and he's going to be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Holy Ghost is not the name of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in John 14, 26, the comforter will come in my name. That's why Paul said, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the name singular of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Ghost is not Father and it's not Son and it's not Holy Ghost. It is J-E-S-U-S, -S, the saving name of the New Testament church. Hallelujah. So this is why we're so adamant. We say, does it really make a, a difference, Pastor? Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to preach on this on Baptism Sunday again, so y'all just get ready. You're going to hear it a second time. But we're going to have a lot of visitors here that hadn't heard it. But listen to me. Listen to me. The only way to tell, and, and the last time I looked, there was over 48 different baptisms in the world, okay? I mean, they've got some folks that will sprinkle a little on you. No, they, can, they baptize all kind of ways. The only difference in baptism by immersion, that means to be put down, to be under the water. And that's what 
baptism really is. It comes from the word baptizio, which means to immerse, to put down under. We'll talk about why we do all that later. But the only difference in baptism is what the administrator says. If the administrator says, I baptize you in the name of Gage Conley, he has used the power of Gage Conley's name. But let me tell you, if you go study the scripture, and I dare you to do this, the Bible said that when they put them down in the scriptures, they invoked the name. They called the name, and they invoked the name. That means they used the power of the name. My name has no power. Your name has no power. But Jesus' name is the name of the church, the saving name of the church. Jesus' name is the name that demons tremble, the Bible said at the sound of his name. The name of Jesus is highly exalted. The name of Jesus is powerful. Do we not sing, is it the name of Jesus wonderful? Is it the name of Jesus powerful? We don't sing that just to be singing a, a song that's got some pretty words. We believe there's, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. We believe there's power in the name of Jesus. And that name, it will save you. Hallelujah. Here's a question. I want, you to, I want you to learn this because you're going to have to explain it to somebody along the way. Here's, here's, I may have to borrow 100 from my wife. I think I got one. Here it is, right here. It's a $100 bill. All you got to do right now. Matter of fact, let's go a little further than that. Well, I don't have my keys. I'll leave the keys to my truck right here. It's a 2022 Ford 150. You can have my truck. You can have that $100 bill. Matter of fact, I'll give you my house. All you got to do is produce me one place in the Scripture where anybody was ever baptized where the administrator said, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Just one place. You know why I can do that? Because it ain't there. But I can show you where they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can show you several times in the book of Acts where people, and guess who baptized them? Those guys, those guys, Gage, that heard Jesus say what he said in Matthew 28, 19. I told you last week, or maybe it was a week before, I don't remember when it was, but it was a couple services ago. I told you that the revelation of the name of Jesus Christ, the revelation of who he is, is it came to Peter in Matthew chapter 16 because when the Lord said, whom do men say that I am? Well, they said you was Elias and somebody said you were Jeremiah. He said, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I know who you are. You're God wrapped up in flesh. I know who you are. You got the only saving name of the New Testament church. Oh yeah, hallelujah. Because Simon Peter had the keys that God gave him in Matthew 16. And guess what he did when they they said, what do we need to do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. How? In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children, all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did you testify and say, exhort unto them, save yourself from this untoward generation. But whatever you do, repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Amen. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing this boastedly. I just I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you because we, we have to understand. Somebody asked me last week, and I'll go to this real quick. Somebody asked me last, this last week. It, it's G in, in your notes there under 
uh, under number 13. What about the right hand of God? Well, let's read that scripture. The Bible said in Acts 2.34, David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand. The Lord said unto my Lord, everybody say this with me, sit. Sit thou at my right hand. Well, guess what? Acts 7.55 said, talking about Stephen when he was being stoned, he said, but he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into the heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. First question I got for you, is he standing or sitting? Second question I got for you, have you ever seen a spirit with a, with a right hand? Hmm? Spirits don't have hands. God's a spirit. He has no right arm. But I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what the Bible says about that right hand. Exodus chapter 15, verse 6, and you'll find this more than one place. I just didn't put it all in these notes. I ran out of, I ran out of steam and run out of room. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. The right hand of God is a position of power. All through the scriptures, the right hand of God is a position of power. It's not a literal right hand. You know what the Bible said in the book of Revelation? I saw one that sits on the throne. You know who that one was? Jesus Christ. I saw one that sitteth upon the throne. It's what John said. So, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost is terminology not used in the Scripture. God is the Father. Jesus is the Son. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. Three different manifestations of hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one. Not three. One, and his name is Jesus, and we need to believe in the power of that name in prayer, in baptism, in everything that we do. The name is Jesus.